Hello, I'm Inês Linhares Dias and you're listening to The Loop, a journalism value project podcast. In each episode, we interview a manager or journalist from an independent newsroom in Europe. We talk about key challenges for them, ranging from funding and business models to community engagement and organizational structures. We explore what success and sustainability looks like for independent media today. This podcast is brought to you by Reference, a self-organized network of 26 European independent news outlets hosted by Arena for Journalism in Europe. In today's episode, we will talk to Bram Soufro, a co-founder and former journalist of Apache, who is now the operational manager. Apache started in 2009 by the will of a group of journalists affected by a restructuration of the media sector. It is an investigative journalism outlet that covers the Flemish region in Belgium. It started as a blog and it grew into a professionalized newsroom. It has organized itself as a cooperative that has around 2,000 members. Besides the original investment made by the 2,000 co-owners, Apache is mainly funded by subscriptions with around 5,000 subscribers for the website and around 1,200 for the quarterly magazine. In this episode, we will be discussing community revenue with an outlet that gets most of its money from readers, but that has hit a wall with subscriptions. So, Bram, uh, thank you so much uh, for, for being here. Let's start with uh, the whys. Why did you decide to start Apache? Uh, we started Apache in 2009. Um, we were a group of journalists who, who co-founded Apache. So the journalists were all working with other media and they were layoff or they were not feeling well anymore in with those media, mostly like the big uh, quality newspapers, let's say, from, from Flanders. Um, we started Apache because we had a feeling that there was not enough Uh, attention and not enough um, investment in investigative journalism in 2009. So it was 2008 just happened, so the, the financial crisis. Uh, all newspapers were cutting costs and what they did was uh, cutting also in investigations. And we wanted to start a, a new media, uh, which received the name Apache, um, focused on investigative journalism. How many were you when you started? Oh, when we started, we were like a, a big big group of people. There were some meetings with maybe 20 or 30 people. Um, but once we had to start working and really had to, well, invest some time in it, we were with, with five, six persons. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and you told me you started in a more... Um, more casual way yes. and then you became more professionalized tell me a little, a little bit about that process yes so we started as a as a blog let's say um, it was also just a wordpress website where we published one article a day or try to publish one article a day we all worked as volunteers for it and the idea was that we would show what we can uh, show what we we have and that Then we had some talks with investors or with uh, governments trying to get subsidies, to get grants, but also to get really investments. And it's only after, I don't know if that's really the, the right way to do it, because we see more successful um, media where they have a, 
yeah, they, like the correspondent, for instance, where they say we want to get that amount of money. And if we don't get it, then we won't start. But if we get it, we start. So we didn't do that. So we just did the, the opposite. We started and then we see where we end. Uh, that makes it a little bit difficult. Um, but after a while, so we received um, a subsidy from the Flemish government. Uh, it was small, like 10 or 20,000 euro the first year. And then we received also some donations. And after, let's say, two years almost, we decided to become a cooperative um, to do also like a, a rally for, for investors. Um, and at that moment, so that's beginning of 2012, we also started with a subscription model. So because before that was more like we are looking for donations. And once we had the subscription model, we were saying or telling our readers that um, you need to pay to read, well, part of the articles or all the articles uh, later on. Um, and that is still the model today, like the financial model is still the same. So we have subscribers. We have today like uh, 7,000 subscribers um, for the magazine, so printed magazine and for the online website. And we have also grants um, and some subsidies, but not from the local Flemish government, but uh, free. Yeah, we are in a, some projects, European funded projects. Mm -hmm. But you are mainly financed by subscribers. Uh, yes, today we are mainly, um, so the subscribers is like 80% of uh, the revenue is coming from subscribers and the other 20% are grants and subsidies and once in a while also a donation. Um, and what is also maybe important is that, so that's the, the revenue part. Beside that, that's not the case anymore at this moment, um, but A couple of years ago, like since the start of the cooperative, we had also some, we raised some capital and that's kind of working capital that you can also use to, yeah, to, to, to pay the work that you're doing. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. But about your subscription um, model, you told me that you have uh, different subscriptions. So you have uh, online subscriptions and then the, the magazine subscriptions. Can you break down those numbers? And, like, and ca uh, are the people who subscribe the ma for the magazine also the same who yeah. subscribe for uh, the online version? Yes. Yeah, so we started as an online uh, platform. Um, we started as a platform for investigative journalism online. It was also our uh, will to do something online and not to start as a newspaper or something like that. The magazine came only afterwards in 2020. Um, so today we have like 5,000 and a little bit of online subscribers and we have 1,500 um, printed subscribers. Um, and most of the people who are have a subscription to most of the people who have a subscription on the magazine, the printed magazine, they have also a subscription on the online platform. So um, I think it's like 90%. So it's a big part. It's also normal because it's those people who, well, um, 
who are supporting us. They have an online subscription. Then we ask them take also a magazine. It's only there for a year. And they do that. So it's also there is a price difference and you don't see or you don't uh, read all the news that we have in the magazine. While we don't publish everything online from the magazine, but we do publish a couple of uh, articles from the magazine online. Uh, what is the difference in values? You mentioned that there is a, a price difference. What yes. is it? There's a price difference. Um, so the online subscription is 96 euro per year, 12 euro per month. And we have also for two years, and that's 180 euro. Um, and the printed magazine is something very different. So that's always 50 euro per, per year. Um, so... If you want to combine, you're always paying like 96 for the online uh, subscription plus 50 euro for the magazine. Mm -hmm. So what's the total revenue that you get from uh, from uh, subscribers? Uh, the total revenue is something about, let's say, 450 to 500,000 for uh, euro for the, the revenue from the subscriptions. So we have also the, the grants next uh, next to that. Mm -hmm. uh, and you also had the the initial uh, capital investment from yeah. the cooperative. How much was that? Yeah, so we started with the cooperative in 2012, um, but we are raising capital the whole time. So everyone can become a, cooper um, a shareholder of the cooperative at any moment of the the period. So it is not that it's, it's start capital that we received on the first day. But in total, we have like 700,000 euro that we have raised during those all those years since uh, 2012. You mentioned that you have... Um hit a wall with the with subscribers how many subscribers have you started with and how many do you have now yeah so we we started of course with zero subscribers <laughs> in uh, in 2012 <laughs> um but we reached a peak in during the corona crisis uh, during the pandemic um i think that's also something very um, what you will hear often with uh, media which are uh, which have subscribers that they were very successful during, or at least quality media during the pandemic, because people were looking for news. So we reached then like 6,000, 6,200 um, online subscribers. Uh, meanwhile, we are back at 5,100, 5,200, depending on the month, um, online subscribers. But we want to, to grow So we have we have a business um, a business case, um, and we we would like to have like one ten thousand online subscribers, and like a revenue of let's say one million euro, and then we can really do what we want to do, and also pay everyone the the salary they they deserve um, also do some extras which we are, cannot do now or we have to ask for like yeah can you do it for a lower price than than normally the market would give you mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so uh, you uh, you have mentioned that peak during uh, Corona do you do you notice a pattern of when your uh, subscribers or when your subscriptions increase or on the other hand when they decrease Yeah, there is a pattern. Um, so the, the peak during the corona crisis is something 
let's say off the chart because um, it's uh, it, it's the pandemic. It's yeah, or almost two years that there is um, like a crisis, let's say, in uh, in society. Um, but so we reached a lot of people. Also, we did some some campaigning around. Um, some articles were free. Other articles were not free. But we said, if you can give us uh, some money, like if you take a subscription, we can use that subscription to make some other articles for free. Articles which were, in our eyes, really important um, for the for the society. Um, but what we see in general is that if you have like a, a good story that there are some extra subscribers coming. And also if the name of Apache or the, the institution Apache is being threatened, let's say, uh, like for instance, there are legal problems or something like that, then we have also a lot of people who are coming to us subscribing for Apache, but they do it more as a support, less than I want to read the article. They want to, they want to uh, send a signal Apache is needed. Uh, Apache is necessary for uh, for Flanders, for Belgium. So we had that in 2016, for instance, when we had an undercover operation, and when we uh, filmed um, one of the real estate developers in Antwerp, his birthday party, and we yeah, we we started a list of important politicians were coming to that birthday party. They were very um, enthusiastic with each other. And um, we saw also that the mayor, for instance, of uh, Antwerp was there. And those videos were published online. And of course, we get some legal threatening um, by the real estate developer. Um, there was kind of a slap, let's say, because it was mm. continuously. There was not once, but continuously. It's only a couple of years ago that it's finished, the, the legal problems. But at the moment that we had um, those troubles and also at the moment that we were in a TV studio and there was the... the the lawyer of the other party, which was quite attacking towards us. So at the moment that we had um, that interview in a TV studio together with a lawyer and that lawyer of the real estate developer was quite attacking towards us, we saw that there was a lot of uh, sympathy for for us, um, a bit like a David and Goliath uh, thing. Um, so we, there were, we raised a lot of subscribers at that moment. So in 2016, that was the first time. And then the other times it's more when you have like a, an important story or you have some scoops, which are, yeah, people want to read it. Uh, and those are also the moments where you see a peak in, in subscriptions. Uh, on average, by how much do you see your subscribers go up in times like this that you described in either uh, when you're publishing important stories or when you have uh, uh, judicial cases against you? Yeah, for instance, the judicial case in 2016 that gave us like a growth in, I don't know the numbers by heart, but it was quite impressive, like 30-40%. Mm -hmm. And that was the same with the pandemic. Then we also saw that there was a big growth in, in numbers uh, coming from around 4,000 and ending at 6,200. Um, yeah, that was, those are the two main um, main topics that made a lot of growth. The others are more like, you see, maybe 10, 20 
100 extra subscribers. It's not, it's a peak, but it's not like much more than, than usual, let's say. Yeah. So you, you, you have traced the pattern uh, of when your subscribe, um, subscriptions go up. Uh, do you know when they go down as well? Where are the times where, and when subscribers tend to leave? At this moment, well, the, the past two years, let's say we lost a lot of subscribers and the pattern, or at least the message that we receive from our subscribers, because we ask every time, why are you unsubscribing? Um, and they give a couple of reasons, but the most important one is that they don't have any time or not enough time. It's something that we see because during the pandemic, everyone was at home. They had a lot of time. They don't know what to do. So they can read Apache. Now they're working again. They have a lot of possibilities. We There is a lot of things happening also, like cultural and stuff like that. So those people are yeah, saying they have not enough time to read Apache. That's one. And a second one, second important one also, um, the last two years is that it is for them financially difficult to pay the subscription. And that's because of Apache's complimentary. We are not like the first website you go to if you want to know what's happening in the world. We are more giving context about what is happening in the world and we are giving or we are publishing um, insights and uh, investigations, let's say. So it's not the first stop. And most of them tell that, yeah, Apache is really a good thing. It's necessary. But at this moment, financially, it's difficult. We had also high inflation also in Belgium. So those things yeah, had an impact on us. So those are the two things, two reasons that people say it's um, that they don't have time. And secondly, that they, well, financially, it's difficult to pay for the subscription. Well, you have recently implemented a one-month free trial. How is that experience going? How do you evaluate and how does it translate into long-term subscriptions? Yeah, it's it's too early to, to evaluate uh, already. Uh, so we just did it in, uh, in the summer. So that's like a couple of months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's too early. Also, the, the whole system, IT system, was not yet ready at the moment that we started. Today it is. Um, so it's too early to to say it's a success or not. But for us, the first signs that we see, it is a success. Um, So the system that we have and we, well, we looked at follow the money um, to see how they do it. Um, And we're kind of copy carboning their uh, their system. So the first day the article is free, Um, people can read it for free. Um, we will tweak it that it's only free if you come through social media or uh, through a, a newsletter, because now if you go to the website, it is also free, but that won't be the case in the near future. So the first day it's free, but you also receive an inv- uh, invitation to take a subscription for one month for free. And then what we do is we send a couple of emails to those people like, 10, 15 emails during that one month explaining what Apache is, what we're publishing, what we have published in the in the past, why Apache is necessary, why they should take a subscription at the end of this trial subscription, let's say. Um, so they receive a lot of messages and we hope that 
some of them will um, yeah will will take a subscription. Mm-hmm. Why that option of not having uh, the first day for free for the people who come directly into the website? Yeah, we do that because uh, otherwise, if you come every day to the website, you would be able mm. to read it every day. <laughs> yeah, of course. So, um, are your subscribers loyal? Do you do they pay for subscriptions for a long time? Uh, do you have a high turnover rate? And what is the lifetime value of a subscriber? Yeah, so we it's only at this moment that we are all doing those uh, those numbers. So it's difficult to give you a number, but we know that our some of our subscribers are very loyal. Um, especially, we have like two thousand shareholders of the cooperative, and those are people who joined especially the first uh, first years of Apache. And we see that these people are still with us, still there. Also, what we see today is that those 5,000 is like, a, we don't decrease anymore. It's like a status quo. Um, so we are having the feeling that maybe not 5,000, but let's say like 3,000 people, uh, 3,000 subscribers are the very loyal people who are there for us at, at every moment. Uh, also when we organize something or something that uh, they are there for us. So that's what we think is the, the group of loyal um, people. Mm-hmm. What is your audience like? Do you have a, prof- a profile of your audience? Yeah, so we we do have a profile. So in fact, there's two profiles. Let's say there's the, the the audience we have today, and the audience we would like to have um, in the future. The audience we have today is, um, let's say, quite white, um, manly, um, and also higher educated, and also living in cities. Uh, so the very traditional quality newspaper person who is reading uh, Apache. We would like to break out of that kind of bubble, let's say, or that kind of uh, target group. So we would like to break out, not by doing some complete, something completely different, but by trying to make it more readable, more understandable, also for a younger public and also for people who are maybe interested but don't have the background knowledge to yeah to know all the details of those uh, cases that we are writing about um so we want to now we're like 40 50 plus is our uh, target group or the, the audience that we have and the new target group would start around 25 30 and then until of course uh, the very end but it's like 25, 30 plus, once they still highly educated because we are, well, it's still uh, uh, not easy to read those investigations. Um, but we think that there is a group of younger uh, people who are also interested in those stories, who are who have also the capacity to pay for a subscription, of course. Um, and maybe once in a while they have the time also to read next to their family and everything that they have to do, but that they don't feel attracted at this moment because it's a bit uh, boring, let's say. Um, and we want to to make that more interesting for them, not by making it very simple, but using other tools, other channels, uh, also using social media mm-hmm. and maybe using audio, video to bring the the stories to them. What channels are you thinking of? 
So we're thinking of uh, social media. Um, at this moment, we're using Twitter or X, uh, Facebook, and we want to, we, we're experimenting with Instagram, also LinkedIn. We really see a, a big potential in LinkedIn. Um, we want to see also, or we will try maybe a TikTok to see, is that possible or not? Um, another channel that we are trying to, uh, or that we are growing on is everything what has to do with newsletters. Mm -hmm. So in the, the newsletters until now were like once, once in a while, like once a week or daily, if you were really interested. Um, but we're experimenting with different kinds of newsletters, newsletters with when we have a scoop, for instance, but also when there is like Human Rights Day that we make something uh, around that. And maybe in the future also that uh, on, a, on a specific topic or that you can follow a journalist, for instance. So that's the things that we would like to, to experiment. And then other channels is more, but that is at this moment not possible because of, uh, of money. Um, but like, for instance, a podcast or do some, some video or explainers, um, ways that people can be interested in a topic. And then they say, well, I want to, meet, to know more about it. I will go to the website to read the, the whole uh, investigation, for mm -hmm. instance. So you have mentioned um, quite a few possible roads, but I know, and they are very based, the ones that you've mentioned here on the, distribu on the distribution and the actual mm -hmm. story themselves, how you present the stories. But I know you have other uh, strategies for increasing your subscription base. Uh, do you want to talk about uh, that a little bit? Uh, we have different strategies. Well, I hope I understand the question. <laughs> But um, so we, at this moment, we want to uh, have a bigger subscribe, reach a bigger group of subs uh, potential subscribers and through those channels. So the social media newsletters are the most important ones. Um, then we have also that we try to reach them by campaigns to a specific group of people. Um, we did the, the trial with students, for instance. It was not a big success, but um, it gives us a lot of knowledge about what is working and what is not working. Um, and those are maybe something that we can do with academic people, for instance. So we would like to reach also those people with, mm -hmm. through campaigns. For instance, we would give them a discount on Apache or they have a free trial on Apache. Um, we have also the magazine itself. Uh, the magazine is, of course, a journalistic product, but we see it also as a marketing tool because it's a way to sample In those target groups, we can give them free magazines, for instance, and then they feel and they see what Apache is about. Um, it's also something that you can take home, you can show to your friends, um, you can leave it on the table, people will see it. So it's also one of those things that we really think it's an, an important way to know Apache. Mm -hmm. So uh, all of the things that you mentioned uh, are very oriented towards building a community. Uh, you already have a big community. You have 
2,000 members of the cooperative. Mm. You have uh, uh, around uh, 5,000 subscribers plus for the for the online plus around 2,000 for the magazine. Uh, there may be an overlap of some of these people. So the cooperative people are probably a lot of the subscribers and a lot of the online subscribers are also mm. uh, subscribing for the magazine. But still, it's quite a big community. Um, how do you manage this community and how many people in the team do you have working in community management mm -hmm. so we we do have a, a large community unfortunately we don't do enough with the community let's say so we do sometimes but we would like to do much more participatory events or even if it's just a survey or something like that so we would like to do much more things with uh, with the community at this moment we have a team of three people who are working on um, the non-editorial part as we call it so that is not only the community management it's also the social media it's the newsletters it's also everything what has to do with the subscriptions you receive also a lot of emails with questions uh, about those subscriptions and And there is also the, the part of uh, accounting, administration, and those things. Those, that is done with those three, by those three persons. Um, so we would like to, to um, add a little bit more resources to that team. Um, and then we would like to yeah, invest more in the community itself. So there are different things that we can do. Um, we would like to use more the the shareholders of the cooperative as a kind of ambassadors of Apache so that they can say, well, um, you have to read Apache because of this and this and this. We would also, we are also thinking about some well-known people in Flanders that are saying you have to read Apache because of this and this and this. So those are, yeah, traditional ways of uh, reaching the community. Um, we're also experimenting at this moment, well, it's a, um, an experiment on local journalism, very uh, on one topic only or one uh, town only. Um, but it's also a kind of community thing because we will invite people living in that town to pitch uh, possible topics to us to, uh, that we need to investigate. Then investigative journalism will make the selection of it. And then at the very end of the 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 research and the publication then at the publication time we will have like a kind of lounge you can call mm -hmm. it a lounge event in that town itself where people of the town are invited to listen to a debate for instance or a presentation we don't know yet how how it will be but that is kind of a also a community on a very yeah uh, local level Maybe there will be like 20 or 30 people on that event, but it's a way to connect with those readers and those people who are interested in Apache. So it's like a pop-up newsroom. You go around? Uh, it's, it's not a newsroom which pops up, but it's more like a pitching session okay. for um, uh -huh. people in that, in that town. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Uh, one thing that you had mentioned about um, difficulty in your subscriptions is also uh, the system in itself that is a bit confusing. Are you uh, you're trying to change that as yeah. well? Yeah, we we have a lot of well, there are a lot of challenges with the subscription system. Um, it 
that has to do, there are two reasons why we see that there are a lot of challenges. One reason is that we have a feeling that it's not working like it should be. Sometimes there are some errors. We're also not flexible in um, making a new subscription, for instance, or making also getting reports out of the system. It's quite difficult. So that's one part. It's really for us. But what we also see is that a lot of people is, are used to have Amazon, Google, and all those big media companies where the subscription system works very well, like Netflix or so, and you have to click once and then you're subscribed. Um, that is not the case. Well, it should be the case with us, but if there is something go, if something goes wrong, then everything goes wrong and you have a reader which if we are lucky, will send us an email and ask us why cannot, can I not subscribe? Or if we're unlucky, he's just saying, well, I cannot subscribe and I will leave it. And next time trying to, to get his, uh, to get his time again to subscribe will be very difficult. Mm -hmm. So those are the two things that we see. And another thing is maybe because, because of our audience is not so young anymore. Um, so there, it's not so easy for them to yeah, use passwords. Uh, also the, the logic of all the buttons is not, not always, uh, yeah, the icons. We understand what that icon uh, wants to say, that there is your profile, for instance, but for those people, it's not always so mm -hmm. uh, straightforward that the, that specific icon means there is your profile page, for instance. Mm -hmm. Uh, Bram, we are reaching the end of the more specific questions about community revenue, but I would like to end this interview with some general questions that we ask everyone. And I would start to, uh, would start by asking you, how do you define success? <laughs> uh, success, it depends a little bit. Um, there are different levels of success. Um, success for Apache is um, when a story has an impact, um, an impact can be small that it's yeah, it's taken over by another medium, for instance. But it can be also bigger that it, there is a, a question asked in the parliament because of that um, article or investigation. And it can be even much more uh, impactful if, for instance, it changes something um, or someone has to to change the system or something like that. So that's one thing of uh, how we define success is mm. to be impactful. Um, so we're doing journalism, not only to just tell our stories or because we are interested in something, but also because we want to change something in, uh, in society. So that's one um, definition of success. Another definition of success for us, and that is then more non-editorial, is that we have a company or a organization that can stand on its on its feet, that can um, be sustainable, and that can pay all the people who work for Apache a fair salary. Um, that is also success for us. So we want not only to have an impact, but we want also to be kind of independent also. That's why we use the subscriptions. We are not only working with grants, but we also have subscriptions. Um, so that is also to be successful for us is to be like an independent, uh, sustainable organization that can decide what on its own 
what it will, wants to do and uh, what is important. Well, that is actually great because it brings me to my next question, which is, is your project sustainable at this point and how do you think sustainability can be achieved? Yeah, so today it is sustainable in the sense that we need also some help from grantors, um, but it's sustainable. So we don't have big financial problems. We pay every month all, everything that we need to pay. Um, we have some runway for a couple of months, so that's okay. Um, but we want to make it a bit more sustainable so that we don't have to count on grantors every, every year, let's say. Um, and in our view, that is through the subscribers. So if we can grow towards 10,000 subscribers, then we have at least a basic, um, operation that can be paid by, by those 10,000 subscribers, an operation that is for us okay. Um, and then all the extras are really extra. We can grow on our experience, uh, experiment with some other things like podcasts or video, um, but as an extra on top of it. Mm -hmm. um, so that would be, yeah, if we reach the 10,000 subscribers, even 15,000 would be better, of course, that would be, uh, then we are sustainable, yes. Mm -hmm. um, now, while you started this in 2009, it has become more professionalized since 2011. It's been more than 10 years going as a professionalized newsroom. What is your present uh, self-advice to yourself when you were starting the project? The advice that we gave ourselves when we started in 2009? Now, what is the advice that you, knowing uh, what yeah, you know yeah. now, would yeah. give to yourself in 2009? Yeah. Um, <laughs> what the advice that we that I would give myself uh, in 2009 would be a couple of things. First of all, um, don't start with a without a plan, let's say and just uh, have a good business plan, but also have the money to, if you start, have already the money for a couple of years, let's say. The second thing, we are all journalists. Um, it would be good to have some people who have knowledge of finance or other parts which are non-journalistic operations in the team. Um, I think that's uh, that's a very important advice. And the last one is that we always invested a lot of money in journalism and that is really good, but don't forget also the non-editorial part. So like marketing, sales, but also the technology on which the website is working. Um, today or the last couple of years, that was like more like 80% of the, the money goes to the journalism and 20% to um, the non-editorial part. And we have compared with some other um, media, like for instance, Mediapart, and we see that they have like more 50-50 uh, strategy where there is 50% goes to journalism, which is not always a big part, and 50% goes to the, yeah, all the support for the, the website, for sales, marketing, administration, and all those kind of things, but also supporting, in fact, journalism, because what you do at that moment is making sure that the story mm -hmm. gets a big reach. What is the share of uh, editorial and non-editorial for Apache? At this moment, I would say it's like 
80, 20, mm -hmm. 75, something like that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Thank you for listening to The Loop, a journalism value project podcast, a project where we're exploring how independent media in Europe can become more sustainable. This project was brought to you by reference the European Independent Media Circle. The Journalism Value Project is a collaboration involving Reference and Netzwerk Recherche. It is co-founded by the European Union through Creative Europe Media and by the Journalism Funders Forum. To find out more about Reference, visit referencecircle.eu. To listen to more episodes, go to journalismvalueproject.com or any of the usual podcast platforms. <laughs>